Hello and welcome to the Investment Week podcast for May 2018. This month we're talking about the big talking points in emerging markets. I'm your host Mike Sheen and I'm Asset Management Correspondent at Investment Week. Investment Week has been the premier publication serving professional investors in the UK since 1995. You can find out more about us by visiting www.investmentweek.co.uk. Emerging markets investors are acutely aware of the potential for high volatility they face and May has been a stark reminder. The early May sell-off of emerging markets currencies driven by the rising US dollar has left some investors rattled as EM stocks came under pressure. Elsewhere, the threat of the global trade war is yet to dissipate and the soaring cost of oil will hit some markets harder than others. To discuss these issues and more, joining me today is manager of the Artemis Global Emerging Markets Fund, Raheel Altaf. But first, your regular host and Investment Week senior asset management correspondent, Jane Arana, has been in Berlin for Allianz Global Investors Annual Asia Conference, where she spoke to emerging markets managers about their big concerns for their portfolios. I'm Jane Arana and I'm senior asset management correspondent at Investment Week. I'm here today in Berlin at Allianz Global Investors' 10th Annual Asia Conference and I'll be asking some of the fund managers speaking today where they're seeing the best opportunities and where there may be some cause for concern in emerging markets. Um, hi, uh, my name is David Tan. I'm the CIO for uh, Fixed Income Asia Pacific. Uh, for currently, um, we, we like the Chinese bond market. Actually, we've, um, we've been in there, we've taken some profits. We are working, watching opportunities in uh, India and Indonesia because yields have really backed up on, a, on the back of bad news of current account def- twin, twin deficits they have. Uh, so right now you look at Indian yields about 7.7% on 10 years and, and Indonesia being about 69 So we think opportunities are emerging, valuations are getting cheaper. Uh, so um, on the local on the high currency side, we do like um, the Chinese real estate uh, because if you look at single B names, they're doing up to eight percent right now. Uh, I think I think the risk comes in, in the short term on the currencies uh, that would include Philippine peso, Indonesian rupiah, and Indian rupee. Uh, but once I think that stabilizes, um, the opportunities would arise. Hi, uh, I'm Terence Law, uh, the director of research for Asia Pacific for Allianz Global Investors. And today I just had a presentation talking about technology, how technology is growing in Asia. And one of the examples I use is mobile payment, where the adoption of uh, Alipay and also WeChat Pay in China is getting very interesting from an investment point of view. Uh, Each of these mobile payment gateways, they actually have around 600 million users. And people can use these payment applications on the mobile phone to pay for essentially everything. And going forward, I think uh, what is also interesting is these companies are penetrating even more to the retail sector by establishing offline stores, pretty much like what Amazon has done with Whole Foods. And by opening new stores and understanding how people spend on a per item basis, they actually have even more information about customer behavior. That is how they're going to drive promotional sales, how they're going to drive infantry management, and also logistics. So I think this could be a very strong growth driver for technology in Asia. On the risk side, there's definitely increasing reliance and dominance of these global giants to uh, people's everyday life. So we do have to be mindful of security risks, we have to be mindful of governance risk because these companies are knowing more, more and more about what people do on an everyday basis. So with that, my team obviously are spending a lot of time talking to the company and trying to understand 
what are the risk areas, how are the company managing the risks, and what is the direction in terms of uh, the risk. If the risks are increasing, but at the same time the companies are doing more uh, to try to contain the risk, then we will feel more comfortable about investing into these technologies. I also caught up with Neil Dwayne, Global Strategist at Allianz GI, to talk about emerging markets in general and how the region may be impacted by the current economic environment. We remain constructive on emerging markets because we feel that this is the future growth of the global economy. But obviously in the short term, investors are preoccupied with the level of US interest rates and the direction of Federal Reserve policy. We believe this is supportive in the short term for the US dollar and therefore, at the margin, a small headwind for emerging market assets. But in the medium to longer term, we believe the US essentially uh, will uh, have to start reducing rates to reflect uh, the oncoming recession in 19, 2019 or 2020. And this will allow the fundamentals, which are still stronger in emerging markets, to reassert themselves. Therefore, when one stands back from the tactics of the Federal Reserve and the level of the US dollar, we think the wealth creation, the American dream is alive and well in emerging markets. This will support the rebalancing of the Chinese economy and the growth we're seeing in Asia, which is also being facilitated by the power of technology in the hands of the millennial. The average age in Asia is approximately 28, and therefore we think the smartphone in their hands is going to boost consumption, rebalance the economy, and deliver a new growth opportunity to investors around the world to access those consumers and their technological and uh, service spending patterns. Thanks, Neil. Back to the studio with Mike. Now I'm joined by manager of the Artemis Global Emerging Markets Fund, Rahil Altaf. Rahil, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And as we've discussed, uh, there's been some rocky times for emerging markets of late. And in that context, how positive are you feeling about the prospects going into the second half of 2018? Well, it's true. The recent sell-off has, has caused many to doubt the, the strength of the emerging market story. If we look at the reasons for the sell-off, it is largely down to the fact that uh, yield, bond yields in the U.S. have been rising uh, sharply. Uh, the U.S. dollar has, uh, has been strengthening. And there have been some geopolitical concerns around rising trade tariffs uh, between China and the U.S. and sanctions imposed on, uh, on, uh, on Russia. Uh, some of the other events that have occurred are very country-specific. So in the case of Argentina, we've seen uh, Argentina central bank has had to raise interest rates three times in the last week to try and protect their currency. But when we take a look at emerging market economies in aggregate, um, the economic backdrop that they're in now is, is far more supportive than it has been in previous years. And um, that, that economic backdrop is feeding through into company fundamentals. And ultimately, I think for equity investors, this is, this is what matters. Profit forecasts uh, are, are rising for emerging market stocks. Profit margins have troughed. Um, and, uh, and earnings are beating expectations. And so against this backdrop, a supportive economic environment and a fairly benign inflation uh, environment, investors are still underweight. So we think there's still some potential there. Sure. And you touched on it there for a second. Um, so 
what does the recent sell-off mean in the context of both the rising bond yield and US dollar environment? Well, in many ways, I think investors are still using the playbook from 2013. Back then, there were concerns that, uh, that rising interest rates in, in the US uh, would lead uh, to, to some emerging market economies uh, really seeing a, a fairly significant downturn. And those were economies that were deemed to be quite fragile, and they were fragile because they had quite large current account deficits. I think much has changed since 2013. If we look at emerging market economies now, they are running current account surpluses in aggregate. And those more fragile economies have, uh, have really improved their current account balances. So I think that makes them better protected uh, for the sort of environment that we're seeing right now. But it is also true that there are specific instances, Turkey is one example, or Indonesia, where the deficits haven't really improved that much. And, uh, and you know, these markets can suffer as a, as a result of, uh, of some of the moves that we're seeing. Sure. And the potential for a global trade war driven by some of the rhetoric... Start again. The potential for a global trade war driven by some of the rhetoric from Donald Trump in recent months has also been a major concern for a lot of investors. I mean, how are you assessing this risk? Well, I think it, it is true that some of the geopolitical concerns uh, have, have increased in recent times, particularly around uh, talk around increasing tariffs between the US and China. And ultimately, that isn't helpful for global markets. Um, I think emerging market economies generally benefit from a supportive trade environment, from an open trade environment. Um, but some of these political concerns that we've seen uh, have plagued emerging markets in the past. They have happened in the past, and I expect that they will continue to happen in the future. Um, I don't believe that the, the current dispute will lead to a full-blown full trade war. I think there is potential for some diplomacy, and it's in the interests of both the US and China to, to come to an agreement on that front. Um, but ultimately, uh, I do believe that uh, the tariffs that have been imposed so far have a somewhat limited impact on, on economic growth, both for China and, uh, and for the US. So the potential for a global trade war driven by some of the rhetoric coming out of Washington in recent months has also been a big concern for investors. How are you assessing the risk there? Well, I think the rhetoric around rising tariffs and quotas in general has not been helpful. Uh, but I do ultimately believe that both the US and China see the benefits of having an open trade relationship. And we're in the early stages of negotiation at the moment. Uh, I do expect diplomacy to prevail and don't expect a, a full-blown trade war. Um, when we look at the tariffs that have been imposed, they have a somewhat limited impact on uh, emerging markets in terms of the impact that they have on, uh, on their economic growth. And so at the moment, it, there is more rhetoric than there is actual policy action. But we remain mindful for, uh, for, for these risks increasing in the future. And I think that poses uh, an issue around risk management, which is an important consideration for emerging market investors. You have to think about how much country exposure you're taking and how much currency exposure you're taking. And, and in that context, what does that mean for risk management when you're an emerging markets investor? Well, I think it's a very important consideration. Um, some of the rising political uh, concerns that we've seen recently and, uh, and the, the, um, the, the risks around 
rising tariffs, I think, uh, means that you have to think carefully about how you manage country exposure as well as currency exposure. Historically, cur currencies have been very volatile in emerging markets. And so you need to be mindful of, uh, of how much exposure you're taking to individual economies within an emerging market portfolio. And moving away from risk then, um, what are the big opportunities you're seeing at the moment in emerging markets? What should investors be looking out for? Well, in light of the recent sell-off that we've seen, our experience is that uh, these sorts of sell-offs, which are often driven by macroeconomic concerns or political concerns, often provide opportunities to buy companies at cheaper valuations than they were trading on at the past. Uh, and those companies can be particularly attractive if their growth outlook or their fundamental outlook has not changed. Uh, in our case, we're looking for companies that are improving their fundamental outlooks. And I think some of the risks that we've seen recently present you with opportunities to buy those uh, at, at much cheaper prices. I think we certainly see some opportunities in, in some of the more unloved areas of the market. Energy and co commodity stocks, I think, represent an unloved part of the market. These are areas within emerging markets that were larger in the past, but they're much smaller now. And they have been shunned by investors globally. But when we look at the main driver for the share prices in these companies, the underlying commodity uh, price, energy prices and, and metal prices have been rising. And that means that the, the outlook for uh, profits for these companies is, is far better than it has been in the past. So I think that makes them particularly appealing at the moment. In the case of energy companies, we see a number of companies that offer very attractive free cash flow yields, uh, which should be favorable for shareholders. Looking more broadly, I think there are opportunities around the globe. Emerging markets is a very heterogeneous collection of countries. And while some of the risks that we've talked about earlier are very country specific, the fact that they are idiosyncratic means that um, there are always opportunities in other parts of the market. I think the Chinese A-share market is one uh, that offers a compelling opportunity. This is the second biggest equity market in the world by market cap. And there are uh, almost a thousand companies that one can invest in in that part of the world. These are companies that offer you exposure to some of the more domestic trends within China. And if we look at those trends, increasing middle classes, increasing urbanization, that demographic backdrop is, is one that is supportive. And so we find investing in Chinese A-shares is, uh, is a particularly compelling opportunity as a result. I think when you look beyond some of the short-term worries, ultimately it is improving fundamentals that drive share prices in the long term. And when we look at emerging market companies in aggregate, the fundamentals are improving and they still offer cheaper valuations than their developed market counterparts. Rahil, thanks very much for talking to us today. It's been really interesting. Thank you, Mike. And that's all we have time for today. We'd love to hear your comments as well as ideas for future podcasts or if there's any particular topics you'd like us to cover. You can contact me via email at mike.sheen at incisivemedia.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>